from Elevate Communication, hi, and welcome to PR Pod, a podcast all about the communication and PR industry in 2020 and into the future. Listening to PR Pod, you'll join me, Mark, and my colleague Ella as we explore in detail the fascinating world of public relations, communication, digital technologies, and futurism in 2020 and beyond. Mark and I are both professionals working in the world of communication and public relations. So safe to say we're extremely interested in all of the intricacies of communication today. We're pleased to invite you along as we delve deep into PR, comms, digital, and all of the wonderful highs and lows of being a communication professional today. Plus, we'll be talking a whole lot about what the future of the industry might have in store. We'll keep it light and fun, but aim to learn a little something along the way. From Elevate Communication, you're listening to PR Pod. I follow, you know, travel bloggers because I'm obsessed with taking a holiday one day, as we talked about earlier. Um, but, you know, my partner follows people that talk about sport. So that's the kind of exciting thing is there's so many influencers talking in so many different categories and they're just sharing their personal recommendations and talking from their own experience. And that's what connects so well with us humans. This week on PR Pod, we have a great episode for you. Ella, do you want to fill us in a little bit about who our very special guest will be? We will be talking to Danielle Lewis. So she's the CEO and co-founder of Scrunch, which is an influencer marketing platform. She was also EY's Entrepreneur of the Year for 2019. And we're going to pick her brain for all things influencer marketing and just how effective it can be for brands. I'm excited to learn a little bit myself. Influencer marketing is something that really is sort of the, the sort of key thing, the exciting thing at the moment, but it is something that we need to be aware of as comms, media, marketing professionals. So I'm excited to learn a little bit about what makes an influencer, what makes a good influencer, maybe what makes a bad influencer. We'll find out today. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you for having me. If you'd just like to tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about Scrunch. Absolutely. Um, So as you said, Scrunch is a global influencer marketing platform uh, and team of experts. So that means we have created a piece of software that connects brands and agencies to over 20 million influencers globally. And really our platform is about understanding their audience. Um, So we have a lot of analytics on the platform. It's multi-channel. So we cover Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and blogs. Uh, And in talks at the moment with partnerships with a number of other platforms which should launch in 2020 which is super exciting Uh, and then on the other side of the business we have our agency uh, and we work with brands like Amazon, Deliveroo, Foods, Mediacom um, so the best of the best and run all of their influencer marketing campaigns so it keeps us very busy but exciting. No that that sounds very exciting. So global campaigns tell us a little bit about what are some of the coolest campaigns that you've done can you can you divulge? We can definitely divulge some uh, so I guess one of the things I love about influencer marketing is they just do take so many different forms mm-hmm. um, and you can use influencers for so many different tactics so we have some clients that we will just be sending their products to influencers to create amazing pieces of content because we know that you know not all brands are good content creators um, but influencers are amazing at that so you can use the influencers to create you know this bank of content so you can be posting on your social media every day Um, so very kind of tactical stuff Um, and then all the way through to you know one of my favorites is you foods where you know they really understand marketing at you foods they really segment the influencers into different categories um, work with them on different strategies and they track it all
all the way through to sales attribution. So they're one of my favorite examples because they actually do influence the marketing really, really well. And that's interesting that you say that because it's influencer marketing is becoming such a huge part of people's overall marketing budgets. And last year alone, I think the big story was Estee Lauder had 75% of their marketing budget was solely for influencers. And last year, generally about 39% were looking to do influencers. This year, it's already over 60%. So yeah, it's just incredible. Someone, I was at an event last night and someone said, what would you say to the skeptics? You know, how would you convince people about influencer marketing? And I said, well, I don't have to because the results are speaking for themselves now. Those kind of stats are absolutely incredible. So for those who probably aren't as aware as um, if you haven't used influencers before, what makes an influencer? So another reason why I love influencer marketing is because they take all shapes and forms. Um, So we have people on the platform all the way from a thousand followers up to 50 million followers, and you can use different types of influencers for different strategies. So we have some clients who will use really small influencers just for content creation um, so that they get a really low cost per image. Um, Then we will have people that will use people that are potentially not considered influencers. They might be experts in their field. So maybe they're a nutritionist and it's a food brand that really wants to gain some authority in their industry um, all the way up to a celebrity which can just provide a massive splash if you do have the cash to throw around <laughs> yeah okay, I think um, just even taking a little step back I think that obviously this is a something we hear this term a lot influencer influencer marketing but as the expert in this space, what what actually how do you, how do you actually define what influencer marketing is? Mm. Great question. So I guess influencer marketing for us is the new word of mouth. So back in the caveman days, you know, it was the tribesman going out to hunt, you know, finding dinner, um, coming back to his tribe and saying, you know, we've we've got dinner tonight, guys. This day and age, it's more about, you know, finding an amazing frosé at a restaurant and telling your girlfriends. But that idea of word of mouth where it's one to one, but a really credible, genuine recommendation, influencer marketing basically takes takes that and amplifies it and scales it and has that same effect of word of mouth advertising, but out to their thousand followers, tens of thousands, or even millions of followers. And that, see, and that, I think that's, that is so fascinating. I think I hear these numbers, like these thousands or millions of followers. And I was, I was telling Ella just the other day that those numbers are phenomenal to me, quite like frightening almost that so many people can follow you and will listen to what you're saying. Mm. And I guess these people who are the influencers probably don't see that as frightening. They see it as sort of exciting. exciting. Yeah. 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 And um, I guess why are people following these influencers? Uh, does someone become an influencer to promote things or is there a reason that people are following them up front before they become recognized as an influencer? Mm, yeah, and I think it takes different shapes and forms. So as influencer marketing has become really commercial and influencers have started to make a living out of it, we have seen people design their accounts around making money, uh, which is interesting. Um, and then there are people who just started talking about things that they loved and just started sharing their advice and recommendations um, with people that they considered to be their friends. Um, and then there are the people that are known for something else so they might be 
an actor or an actress and so they have a, a following based around their skill set um, so yeah it's sort of taken different forms and then we've kind of lumped everybody into the influencer bucket uh, but fortunately that's why scrunch exists so that then you can really um, filter and find the right one for you and when you're talking about the right one what makes the right influencer what should you look out mm-hmm. for So what makes a good influencer is really, for us, um, their audience first. So if you're a brand who is looking to sell a product, of course you need to make sure that your marketing budget is going towards people that speak to that correct customer profile. Um, So making sure that their audience is the correct age, gender, ethnicity, is in the right location, looking at all of those data points first is absolutely critical. Um, Secondary to that and more peripheral data points that we tell people to look at is really things like their content, what category they talk in um, to make sure that it does feel authentic and that the brand is going to get content that they can reuse. So for businesses that haven't ventured into um, influencer marketing, that's you would look at there as a starting point. So you'd search for the audience and the different influencers to see if they align with their brand. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, it's an interesting point about people that haven't done influencer marketing before, but I think it's even, um, you know, one step back is marketing 101 is kind of understand who your customer is. And I think that people, when influencer marketing came out, people kind of lost their minds a little bit and forgot about marketing 101. Um, So we always tell people to really start with your own marketing strategy. So make sure you do understand your customer profile and what it is that you want to accomplish because the influencer you select and the content strategy you select will be vastly different depending on what outcome you want. And I think on that a little further as well, I've, I've listened and spoken to a few people about what influencer marketing is. And one of the things that I guess you're talking about the audiences for the um, the client, so mm-hmm. the company that are promoting, but the influencer also has their own personal audience. And I think we touched on content creation before. One thing that I know some companies were a little bit hesitant is that these influencers are talking to their audience from themselves. Mm-hmm. And this content should seem authentic, should seem real. So they're creating it in a way that uh, resonates with their audience. Yes. And, and for the client, that can be sometimes a bit of a battle when you talk marketing 101. What would sort of be your insight there around that? What would you say to those clients who are wanting to work with an influencer but you know aren't recognizing maybe that influencer has their own style and audience and reason for doing what they do yeah definitely and I think um, it's a really really good point because we still do get brands who say can I just give our content to influencers and have them post it and we always say no (laughs) well you can but it just won't work very well so if you're going to spend the money you may as well do what is going to work best for your brand Um, and that's if you've hit the nail on the head the influencers create the content that they know will resonate with their audience that influencers are smart people they're looking at their analytics all of the time to figure out what works best and adjusting their own personal strategies to get the most out of their audience and engage the best with their audience so a brand would be silly not to tap into that but you're right uh, sometimes brands do have to sort of relax the reins a little bit and get comfortable with the idea of handing over some creative control to the influencers Um, our advice there is just provide a really solid brief so if you can step out all of the things that are super important to the brand so you know what it needs to kind of feel like what key messages need to be in there if there are any don'ts like you know don't put a competitor in the image those times types of things if you can kind of provide a framework and then let them be creative that's sort of the best way to approach it I think, I think 
on that as well. We're talking about who these people are talking to, the influencers talking to their audiences. These so who are these audiences and who's listening to influencers today? Everybody's listening to influencers. Um, well, it takes all shapes and forms, right? So, I mean, myself, you know, I follow, you know, travel bloggers because I'm obsessed with taking a holiday one day, as we talked about earlier. Um, but, you know, my partner follows people that talk about sport. So that's the kind of exciting thing is there's so many influencers talking in so many different categories and they're just sharing their personal recommendations and talking from their own experience. And that's what connects so well with us humans. People. I, like peeps, that. I like yeah. recommendations. Yeah, I think yeah. that's something that I haven't thought about it in that mm. terminology before that it's their recommendations. Mm. I sat on a panel last night with an influencer and that's the way she described it. She was saying, it's just like I'm talking to my friends, you know, and she's got, just happens to have 12,000 of friends. <laughs> and that's the thing. Cause if you're, if you've got influencers who are collaborating with brands that align to their values, you're going to have an audience that trusts them and then respects what they push out. So exactly. it just looks more authentic and it benefits the brand, the influencer and everyone in between. So totally. Yeah. Getting it right. <laughs> So just authenticity. Authenticity seems to be the word or the in recommendations. Yeah. There, yes. <laughs> so I guess then for someone who's a good influencer, we look at good. I, I don't know if there's good and bad influencers. I don't. I feel like there probably there is because just, just people will <laughs> listen to it and, and whatnot. But what makes someone stand out um, from the, mm. all the people that you work with and, and all those followers? What actually makes someone stand out and you go, they're a good influencer and brands should work with them? Yeah, so for us, when we're looking at an influencer, after we've done the analytics piece and we've made sure that they speak to the right audience, for us next, it is about that authenticity. So when we look at their content and the way they talk to their audience, would it feel natural to insert the brand into that conversation? And if we look at an influencer's profile and it's just sponsored post after sponsored post after sponsored post, we know their audience will have sponsored post fatigue. Um, so it may not work as best for the brand that we're you know, doing business with. Um, so we absolutely look for that um, and we consider that not a great influencer. So if somebody is creating authentic content that is not sponsored, that is just speaking to their values and adding value to their audience, that's sort of someone that we consider to be a fantastic influencer. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, that makes good sense, <laughs> definitely. And on the other end of the spectrum, what are some challenges that you face either with influencers or influencer marketing as a whole in terms of um, with Instagram removing the likes count? What, how has that sort of impacted the industry or has mm. it impacted the industry? Where do we start? <laughs> um, I think that's the thing about social media is it literally changes every day. So there's, and I think that's a good advice for brands or even agencies who are getting started with influencer marketing is, you know, what you do today may not be successful tomorrow. You know, you've always got to stay ahead of social media trends. Um, so the like counts is an amazing example because that changed consumer behavior overnight. Um, it also changed influencer behavior. So we noticed that people who may have been purchasing likes in the past stopped bothering so their engagement fell through the floor um and that because no one could see it anymore i mean we can still see it in the platform that's one of the reasons people use scrunches to get access
access to that kind of data. Um, but from an influencer point of view, because they didn't see it as relevant anymore, they sort of stopped trying to game the system. Yeah. So that was really, really cool to see. Um, but consumers' behavior changed and people started um, saving and sending posts. So now a really important metric to look at is um, how many saves does an influencer get when they post content? Um, and that's even better because it's more about intent to purchase as well. You know, everyone scrolls through and just likes their favorite stuff. Yeah. I mean, I like posts actually to tell the algorithm what I want to see more of because I understand mm-hmm. the way it works. It's not because I really like the post. It's just <laughs> I want to see more content from that people. Um, but I only bookmark things or save things when I really do care about it and I genuinely want to come back later. Um, so when we report back to brands on how many people are saving the influencer content, that is a really good indication that the influencers performed really well and that consumers are resonating with it. So what are some of the biggest channels that you use with brands? Is it Instagram? Is it everything? Um, It's dependent on the industry. Instagram definitely has a stronghold, especially in Australia at the moment and amongst lifestyle brands. Um, And it's mostly lifestyle brands really getting into influencer marketing. Um, Kind of more traditional industries are starting to get into it, uh, but it's a little bit of a slower burn. Um, So we always say it's where your audience is. And it's also depending on the complexity of of your brand and product as well. So if you have something that really needs explaining, um, bloggers and video content are amazing. So looking to blogs and YouTube um, as platforms um, or even longer form like IGTV is interesting. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of considering where your customer is and how they're going to best understand um, your product. Yeah, and, that, and that, I think that's something that is a really interesting thing. I think you hear influencers and my thought immediately jumps to Instagram, mm. sees Instagram influencers you often hear those combined but thinking beyond that yes um you're talking about influencers on these other platforms so there still is relevance and space on these other platforms and it's still it's still working it's oh absolutely and i would i would go even further to say that now that instagram is becoming a pay-to-play platform the other platforms will become more relevant. So right now, TikTok and LinkedIn are the two social platforms where you get the best free organic reach. So it only makes sense to start looking there for influencers as well if it's relevant to your brand. Um, LinkedIn's obviously amazing for B2B brands. Mm-hmm. Um, TikTok, obviously for the younger kids. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, but it's it's incredible and attention is there right now. So if you're, you know, if you're an influencer, jump on it but if you're a brand jump on it as well um i think the thing that we forget like yeah you're right when we talk about influencer marketing so many people just think instagrammers um, but brands themselves need to be influencers if you're starting a brand you need to base you need to be a thought leader in your category and that is being an influencer so yeah people i think brands should start to take some advice from influencers potentially i love that i i I think that's a a really important point to make that brands can Mm. be i think people Mm. again have this idea that an influencer needs to be a person that's mm. out there already. They don't realize that maybe they can, as a brand, as a mm. product offering, whatever whatever they might be, they can actually influence. What are some totally. tips tips for brands maybe to to do a bit of influencing uh, if they're say they're new to the market, don't have a huge budget spend, mm-hmm. they're trying to get out there, raise a little bit of profile. What are some tips? Uh, tips are content and value. So basically, figuring out 
what value you provide to your audience. And that can be anything. If you're a beauty brand, you know, maybe it's about empowering women or self-esteem or whatever it might be. Like can take so many different forms, whatever value you think you provide to an audience, do more of that. So make sure the content that you're pushing out is adding that value because that's why people share content. If it's an amazing, that's why you see so many people share quotes because it's inspirational, makes people feel good. But if you're providing value in some other form, people will share that content as well. And that's how you become a thought leader in your industry. Um, But you are competing with bulk content on the web. So you need to be posting consistently and every day. Consistently and every day, one post a day, 10 posts a day, does it matter? Is there a reason that people might choose that? Um, People aren't posting regularly. What sort of impact might that have? Yeah, so consistency and frequency are the things that social media algorithms look for. So if you, um, so whatever it is, if you choose once a day or five times a day, you've just got to stick with your posting schedule. It's more about the consistency. Otherwise, you'll start getting penalized by the platforms. Um, So yeah, whichever you choose, just make sure you keep doing it. Stick with that. Yes. And now, I know we've touched on this, and I don't mean to sort of, to jump in again but I wanted mm, to ask you mentioned about um, people setting up accounts for cash mm. they had been buying followers fake followers this is something we hear a lot about mm. what are they yeah um, why do they exist and how do you determine if someone's using them is it a good thing a bad thing to have fake followers what tell us a little bit about yeah fake followers. <laughs> sure um, it's a bad thing <laughs> Let's just get that one out of the way up front. Um, So basically, uh, you know, with the rise of influencer profiles, actually brands do this as well, by the way. So the reason why people do it, um, if they're a brand, it's because they want to appear more popular than they are. And there's this funny um, consumer behavior that when people think, you know, oh, 10,000 people follow them, I better follow them as well. So some brands went out and purchased followers initially to appear that they were more successful and bigger than they were. um, And influencers did the same thing. Uh, So yes, it's a terrible thing, mostly now because people pay money to influencers because of their influence, because of their following. And that that's fraud. Basically, they're selling something that doesn't actually exist. Um, And it happened back in the publisher day. You know, they're click farms and people sending fake traffic to websites. So it's not a new idea. Uh, It's just now happening on a different channel. Um, So these things are basically bots that were designed by somebody. um, And people go to these websites and will buy, you know, a thousand bot followers or 10,000 or 100,000 bot followers. um, And they will appear on their account literally overnight. Um, But it has a massive impact. So if you're a brand and you have done that, um, basically it's an impact on your sales. So those people are never going to buy your product. And yes, you may appear to have, you know, an amazing following. But at the end of the day, the only way a brand is going to stay in business is if they sell things. Um, And then from an influencer point of view, there's just so much technology now that can decipher if there are fake followers out there. So you will get found out and you will stop winning deals. Um, So it's equally, um, you know, doing themselves a disservice. So the things to look out for for fake followers, um, depending on what kind of technology you use, but there's ways that you can do it without using technology. 
So if you see an influencer that has very low engagement, Mm -hmm. that can be a a key factor. Um, If you see that they have a large brand or unknown following, um, that can be a key factor. Um, If they're a, say they're a Brisbane-based fashion influencer, but 50% of their audience are based in Asia, that might be a red flag. Um, And then there are other things you can do. You can literally go through and scroll through people's followers and check out who they are. If you see a lot of profiles that don't have profile images or that have funny usernames, like that aren't really names, that are more like one, two, three, four, five, that type of thing, that's a big red flag. Um, So you can start to kind of triangulate different data points to determine if somebody has a genuine following or not. And if you don't want to have to do that manually, that's when platforms like Scrunch would come in handy because you can see all that in the back end. Exactly. I guess, you know, we designed Scrunch to save marketers time. So, you know, we know a lot of people that still do it manually and they're scrolling through Instagram trying to find influencers and and all that kind of stuff and determine if there are fake followers and you can 100% do that. Um, It just comes down to what your time is worth and whether you want to pay a couple hundred bucks to a platform to do it in seconds or spend hours on your phone. (laughs) back to when you mentioned earlier in terms of all the changes you've got to keep ahead of social media and it changes from yesterday to today when you first started scrunch how has the industry changed or how any trends that you've seen stick or not stick yeah oh my god it has changed massively um i think that you know 10 years ago it all started with bloggers so instagram wasn't even a thing you know we're all talking instagram today so i think the channels that are popular for influencers change every couple of years. Um, so staying ahead of that is really important. Um, the biggest thing that we're seeing this year as well is something we call hybrid influence, where basically an influencer suffers from the same thing that brands do. When they post, not everyone sees their content. So um, we talk to our brands now when they're running an influencer campaign to carve out some social spend so that they can actually boost the influencer's content to make sure that their audience are seeing it Um, which is actually exciting because you can then use targeting as well so not only are you getting the credibility in the content of the influencer but you're getting a highly targeted um, media buy as well which is super cool Hmm. that that is and i think look um as pr people as practitioners of of what we do how what are some ways we might uh, work with our clients to use influencers yeah, well, I think that, you know, influencers, there are there is no better PR, right? Because it's humans that, again, back to that recommendations word, it's humans that are recommending a product. And consumers, you know, when they look to brands and branded advertising, they do take it with a grain of salt. They go, yeah, everyone says they're the best in the world at their category, right? But when it's a human recommending that product, that is where it becomes valuable. And, you know, the purpose of, you know, PR is obviously to get that exposure um, and if you can do that at scale with people that are, are super authentic, I think that is absolutely the next wave of PR. It's, exi- it's exciting. Oh, yeah, great. Did you have anything? No, I was, I was just going to touch on terms of like we spoke about it earlier, who can use it. It's this obviously particular yes. brands that it suits better, but it is definitely worth considering no matter what business you're in because it might be an avenue you haven't tried before. Mm. It might be something that could work really well for you, but you haven't really looked into it. So Definitely. And I kind of say that as well. So um, so yes, totally agree. Any channel can it can work for. We've done everything from food to superannuation to real estate, um, but it's all about optimization. So uh, 
you know, every market, there's so many marketing channels that people could pick for their business, you know, PR, Google ads, social ads, you know, activations, whatever, but not every marketing channel works for every business and influencer marketing is the same. It may not be the silver bullet, you know, getting Kim Kardashian to post about your brand may not blow it up. It may not work. Um, so, but we always say that the only way you're going to know is to give it a go. Um, and make sure you're optimizing. So, you know, if you were running Google ads, uh, you wouldn't put your whole budget in on day one. You'd be um, testing copy, testing landing pages, testing call to actions. It's the same with influencer marketing. You should be looking at what influencers work best, what channels work best, what types of content work best, and doing more of the stuff that works. And I did have one other thing, something we we, we, we spitballed yesterday a little bit um, a little bit of a controversial question for Ooh, you. So, I love um, it. <laughs> does slash when does influence end? Ooh, well, hopefully for us, never. No, yes, um, but I, I sort of yes. mean, I guess, for a brand or individual here. Mm. Um, we've touched on some points, I think, that talk to this. But when, if you're working with an influencer or as a brand, you're trying to be an influencer, when does that actually end? When does that? Mm. When do you go right? This isn't for. This isn't. This isn't working. I'm doing this wrong. Yep. Um, I need to look at something different. Is there... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's about making sure that you understand what your objectives are and how you're measuring results. So if you're using influencers to save money with content creation, mm-hmm. if you are if you have done, um, you know, say a, a campaign with a photographer, a model, a venue, a post-production, and you've quantified that in terms of spend and then tested it using influencers and seen that you've gotten an ROI, you can kind of safely assume that that's ticked to that box and you can continue to do that. Um, If your intention was brand awareness, you know, can start to compare your influencer marketing to your other advertising channels to look at your cost per click or cost per acquisition. Um, And then if it's really about sales, you know, you can be comparing your different channels so that you can really equally say, was it, does influencer marketing drive a better ROI in any of these different marketing objectives for me? Um, And if it does, great. If it doesn't, I guess then there's the time to either change your approach um, or test another marketing channel. That's great. And, and you mentioned Kim Kardashian just before. So people you like can't Kim, talk about influencer marketing this, without yeah, dropping like, Kim, no. right? <laughs> but, but people like Kim and these sorts of people, yeah. um, why would you be working with those sorts? And are there other sorts of people that you, you would rec- be recommending, like maybe not at that scale, obviously mm. the serious scale there. Yeah. Um, but why would you be choosing to work with a Kim Kardashian, a Ronaldo, one of these extreme influencers? Yeah. So it's really about, it becomes more about brand affiliation rather than about, um, you know, mass content creation or awareness or sales. It really becomes more about, you know, we want our brand to be noticed on a global scale in conjunction with that person's brand. So when you get to being Kim Kardashian, she has her own brand associated with her. When If you work with a micro-influencer that has 10,000 followers, they don't have a brand. They have a community. Um, So it's a very different, I guess, strategic marketing play. Um, And our advice is if you've never done influencer marketing before, don't pay Kim. 
Kardashian. Uh, don't just jump right in there. Um, well, you think about it, right? Like, so if you dump half a million dollars into Kim Kardashian, which is likely what it costs to work with her, um, that's a huge risk. What if it doesn't work, you know, versus yeah. half a million dollars into, you know, several hundred different influencers producing amazing content for you that you can then reuse on all of your other platforms, plus the de-risking it because some of them have got to work and start to drive traffic for you. Um, yeah, so it's just a completely different um, strategic approach to influencer marketing. And one thing you've just said, I'm, 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 I know that we're sort of getting close, but one mm. thing you've just said that I think is quite fascinating is micro-influencer. Yes. What are the determinations or the groupings of influencers and what sort of numbers are we looking at for, for those people? Yeah, so because influencer marketing is completely unregulated, everyone has a rough threshold. Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. no like, line in the sand. Um, but we basically consider anyone that has less than 50,000 followers to be a micro-influencer. Um, and you'd work with them because they do have highly engaged audiences. It's authentic. It's beautiful community. They love what they do. They love the brands that they work with. So they often go above and beyond in their campaigns mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they produce amazing content. So you can't argue with that. No, that's great. And um, the other categories. So personally, I have less than 50,000 followers. Oh, but right. I don't know that I'd even fall <laughs> close to what it means to be a micro-influencer. But I guess then... Uh, Follow, is there macros? Is there super large influencers? Are there other yeah. re- scales or reasoning? Totally. It? So all the way from nano, nano oh, influencers. So um, <laughs> maybe around like one to three K followers okay. for the nanos. Um, a lot of brands use that to kind of mock user generated content. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your micros, so up to about 50,000. Um, then your macros who have sort of up to either kind of 300,000 odd followers. Um, then we call them power influencers. Um, and then kind of your celebrities as well. And yeah, within that, there are your experts or your yeah journalists and celebrities and those types of things yeah. as well. And they can have kind of really high followings or quite low followings, but still be very expensive because they're on TV or something like that. So yes, lots of consideration. <laughs> and I guess one, one last one from me then. Why would you recommend it? What would, from yourself... Sure. Danielle, why would you recommend uh, influencer marketing or working with influencers? So two reasons. One, because it works, uh, because we've seen the data that shows that it actually works for brands. Um, And the second one is because it's so much more than just advertising. So if you think about working with an influencer, not only do you get their personal recommendation and that credibility and brand alignment, you also get reach to their followers. So that advertising component, and you also get content creation as well. And you can use that content on your website, um, on your social platforms, and it extends further and that's just so much more than if you placed your own Facebook ad or placed your own Google ad and for all the brands that are listening if they've sat there and thought that sounds cool I've never thought about doing it what's the first steps what should they do following this Um, Great question. If you've never done influencer marketing before, uh, we've actually just launched a masterclass, which might help. (laughs) Um, So if you come to scrunch.com, you can find our masterclass, which is basically an hour and a half of literally step by step by step everything you need to know to start your first influencer campaign. And we break it down without using the Scrunch platform as well. So we didn't want to make it all about, hey, you have to subscribe to Scrunch. Um, We talk about all of the free ways that you can jump onto social and, and find influencers as well. But I think the key is know your brand, know who your customer is and know what you want to achieve before you get started looking for influencers. It's fantastic advice. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. 
Well, look, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, Danielle. Thank I, you that, for having that's me. been so brilliant. I think we have. No, thank you. Well, um, <laughs> influencer marketing, everyone, you know where to go. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, thank guys. You. Wow. Well, that was like, I got to say, um, listening to Danielle and her insights, knowledge on that topic of influencers, I've come away with a whole lot today. I feel like um, I've never really thought about um, brands being an influencer themselves. So talking about that was great. I say that I haven't thought about it. I have thought about it, but I've never put it in those words. So I've always thought of an influencer as a person, an individual, someone who's blowing up in the space. I loved categorizing it, learning a little about those nano influencers as well as the power influencers uh, and just the role that everyone plays as well. Ella? Yeah, and I really loved how it's it can work both ways. So an influencer needs to have a really good presence for a brand. But on the other hand, if you're looking to engage influencers, they also need to be aligned with your brand. So how you portray yourself online um, to see if they are a fit for you. So that was really interesting to see you know, that it can work both ways. Obviously, it can work for a range of different businesses. It's a really effective tool if done correctly. Um, and there's a lot that can be done with it. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. And I think that um, having someone like Danielle just break it down and explain it, that made influencer marketing and influencing made a whole lot more sense to me. I hope it did to our listeners as well. So before we go, we just really wanted to say thank you so much to Danielle for taking that time today. You know, it uh, it really opened our eyes and ears to what influencing was. Uh, if you'd like to um, get in touch, talk a little bit further about influencer marketing, influencing, and find out a little bit what we're doing with it, why not uh, head to Instagram, check us out on Elevate Communication, or head to Facebook and check us out there as well. From Elevate Communication, I'm Mark. I'm Ella. And this is PR Pod.